And we're in this series. We're in this series called Rediscover Church. Rediscover Church. We've been talking about this. To, to, to do everything we can by any means necessary to present Jesus to the world. That's what we're going to do. But we have to live like God has called us to live in order to get others to discover and rediscover church. Why do people leave? But guess what? Why are they coming back? Because there's only one answer. There's only one truth, and we have it. We have it. All people are to discover church, and all people are to discover Jesus. God is leaving no one out, no one out. God uses ordinary people just like you and I to do extraordinary things as long as we allow the Holy Spirit to do it through us. Today, just for a few more moments, I want to talk to you about divine appointments, church. You are the church. You are a peculiar people. You are special. And God has placed in your life divine appointments. That's a word that if you've been in church for any length of time, you've heard. It's probably been overused. It's probably even been somewhat of a cliche to those of us who have grown up in church. But it doesn't make it any less true doesn't make it any less true that God presents divine appointments for us to show the power and the might of Jesus Christ through us in order to get others to join the kingdom of God so that they can share in what God has done for us in our life. They, they can share in that same thing. God has it for them. And so he's placed for us divine appointments. The prophet Isaiah uh, said something. He prophesied and then Jesus later repeated this over in Isaiah 61, uh, verse 1. He, he stood up and said this, and later Jesus stood up and said this. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Why? Because the Lord has anointed me. How do I know? Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That is the anointing. He has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken, to heal the broken, to heal the broken. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, freedom to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. Now, when you look at this, and Jesus got stood up later and said this, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Now Jesus is in you. The day of Pentecost has happened. The Spirit of God has been poured out. So guess what? The Spirit of the Lord God is upon you. No longer just Jesus. It's upon you to do what? to preach good tidings, to bring the gospel of the kingdom of God to a dying world, to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent you, church, to heal the brokenhearted, to heal, to heal the brokenhearted. He sent you to proclaim freedom and liberty to the captives. He sent you to, to proclaim liberty to those who are bound, to open those prison doors to those who are bound. He sent you to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And that's why he provides divine appointments for us. What is that? A divine appointment is when God leads us to a certain place at just the right time to accomplish a specific purpose that he's already laid out. 
He's already laid it out for us. A divine appointment is a meeting in which God uh, has inspired us. And we're God-led knowing that he is sovereign and he's going to accomplish what he wants to accomplish in this divine appointment. We have to accept those things. We have to be, you don't have to create divine appointments. You don't have to look around and say, is this a divine appointment? Is that a divine appointment? All you have to do is have the spirit of God in you, have, have a devotion time with God, have a relationship with God, and you'll begin to see it happen. Things will just happen. Divine appointments will happen all over the place because you're led by the Spirit. You're anointed by the Lord God to preach. You are anointed to preach. And when you have that anointing on you, it's not just a pulpit ministry for us. I'm not just talking about preaching in the pulpit, but I'm talking about sharing your faith with others. And I'm not talking about standing on a soapbox downtown. I'm talking about when God presents the opportunity, and he will in your life, to share the goodness of God with others. That's what he wants you to do. Because you see, when we go before God, we're not, when this thing is all over, you know that your name is in the Lamb's book of life. <clears throat> but when you go before God, uh, for him to say, well done, good and faithful servant, that's not just because you accepted salvation. How is that well done? You just accepted salvation. That's great. I provided it for you. All you had to do was say yes. No, well done, my good and faithful servant, is did you share my love with others? Did you preach good tidings to the poor? Come on. Did you heal? Did you, you heal the brokenhearted? Right? Did you have my anointing? That, that's what he's going to be looking for when we go before him. All right? That shouldn't scare us. You might say, well, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of scary. Listen, you're filled with the Spirit. All you got to do, listen, you're like a surfer. I've, I've said this some years ago. You're like a surfer. And I don't surf, so I don't, I don't know what surfers really, you know, have to do and train and how they do it. But I've seen them. And I, I've seen surfers, and I see they take their, their little surfboard out into the water. And uh, never once have I saw a surfer say, Almighty oh, wave, conjure now so that I can ride you into the, into the beach. I've never seen a surfer do that. You know what I see him do? I see him be ready. They've had their training, they've, they've, they've done their practice, they got their surfboard, they got all their equipment, they got the proper attire on, hopefully, right? And they're there, and what do they do? Now they wait for that wave. And when the wave comes, they jump up on their surfboard and they ride that wave in. Listen, Christian, you are just like that surfer. You need to get ready. You need to be prayed up. You need to be read up. Come on. You need to have your proper clothes on, right? And then when the Holy Spirit moves, you need to jump up on your surfboard and just do what he asks you to do. That's all you have to do. That's all. It's a response to God. Worship is a response to God. We have to remember that. And he's providing divine appointments for us. A divine appointment is an appointed time in which God arranges, come on, a God moment in a person's life. He already arranges the God moment in the person's life. I'm thinking of uh, over in Luke 19, when Jesus was walking along, he and his disciples and all those who were following him. And there was a little guy named Zacchaeus. Remember this story? And Zacchaeus uh, was interested in Jesus, and he knew he needed what Jesus had. Uh, he was a rich man. Uh, so he got up in a tree, <laughs> and he was watching. And, and Jesus just happened to see him up there. Said Zacchaeus. Said Zacchaeus. He says Zacchaeus, come on down. He didn't say it that way, but he said Zacchaeus, come down. 
come down. I'm going to your house, your house for dinner. Two totally different people are a short, rich guy, maybe with a small man complex. I don't know, Zacchaeus, what was going on. And here you have the son of God, two different people, and they meet, bam. And everybody else gets upset. Well, why are you talking to this rich guy? Why? I didn't come for uh, those who are healthy. You already healthy. Apparently, you already righteous. You already getting into heaven, uh, Pharisee. So I, I didn't come for you. I came for Zacchaeus. I came for him. Who, who are the Zacchaeuses in your life? Who are those that are out on the fringe looking in, watching your life, watching what you say? Are you speaking the word of God in your situations or are you down just like everybody else when COVID hit <laughs> or when, uh, you know, this thing happens when your boss gets on your nerves? What words come out of your mouth? You know, I was talking to somebody when I was working in corporate America some years ago and this guy went to church and, uh, of course, I was a church person as well, you know, and, uh, you know, we began to talk about church and about some different things. And then uh, some other times, you know, he got upset with some things and he was using some language and, you know, and we, we began to talk about it. And I said, you know, language, you, you don't want to do that all the time. I mean, I'm not, listen, I've heard language. I'm not just because I'm a pastor don't mean I haven't heard language. I mean, it doesn't, you know, uh, you know, offend me. My ears don't start bleeding because I hear language, you know, languages, you know, and he, but he said to me, he said, yeah, but you know what, Mike, he said, it's just it's just words words are just words you know words don't mean anything I can use this word I can use that word and I said man I was starting to say his name but I won't say it in case he is but he, you know I, I said listen uh, I understand what you're saying I understand what you're coming from and you're not offending me you're not offending me but people are watching you if you're going to say that you're a Christian and you're going to say that I love Jesus and you're going to talk about Jesus people are listening to what you say in different situations alright when, when, when the boss comes down on us and gives us more work than we can handle how are you responding to that you know what are you saying what are you saying people are watching you alright these are divine appointments that we don't even know about these are God God arranged times in a God moments in people's lives that they're, they're watching you and how you respond and what you say. You know, two very different people. Who are, who are those uh, Zacchaeuses in your life? You're very different than them and you may not even pay attention to them. Listen, the divine appointment was God. He redirects our schedule to arrange a special moment with, with a person that he's already working on. Here's one of the things that we have to realize with God. And my wife shared this with me some years ago, and it, and it kind of stuck with me. That, you know, many of us will say, you know, I made a choice for God. You know, I have decided to follow Jesus. Great song. You know, we should make that decision. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, right? Uh, but with that, one of the things we really have to remember is, yeah, it kind of was our decision, but God was already wooing us. God was already pursuing us. Before we knew that there was a God, he was already after us. He was already loving on us. He was already asking us out for a date. He was already asking us for coffee. He was already talking to us and complimenting us and telling us what overcomers we were. He was already doing all of those things. And finally, at one point, we relented and said, I made a decision for Jesus. But he was already after us. There are people that God is already working on their heart. He's already after them. And he's going to use you at a God-appointed moment, amen, to speak into their life and it will change their life forever if we'll allow God to use us in that way. We must learn to watch for signs of God's activity in individuals and know when God is arranging for us to join with him as he works with them because God uses people. 
God, he doesn't anymore. He, he could. God could do anything he want to, wanted to do. But, but no longer does he speak from a burning bush. You know, that's, that, that, that's short-sighted of the world. Oh, if, if there was a God, how come he's not speaking from a bush? Well, maybe if you read the Bible, you would understand who he is. He gave us his spirit. He doesn't speak, uh, you know, from a cloud in the sky. Maybe that's your testimony, you know, that you were looking for a sign and all of a sudden a cloud formed in the sky and, you know, made a cross. Or so you said, oh, there's the sign I need. Uh, but that's not my testimony. God spoke to my heart and he used a person. My grandmother, mainly, he, he used her just to speak into my life to show me that there is a God that there is a God. Remember when Jesus uh, went, was going to Samaria, the Bible said he, I, I love the King James, it says he must needs go to America, uh, Samaria. That means he had to go. I got to go. He's on his way. And, uh, you know, he, he went there and he sat down at the well. You, you know the story well in John 4. And this lady was coming to get water. Divine appointment. All the disciples went away to get food. They came back. What is going on? Didn't realize this is a divine appointment. There are divine appointments in our life when we least expect them. When we least expect them. Come on. A divine appointment, there, there are power encounters where God reveals supernatural power to a person to change their life. He does do that, but he uses us to do those things. In Acts, the Bible says, Acts 26, uh, the Bible says to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from darkness to light. We have to have a burden on us, church. We have to have a burden that people are in darkness. Come on, as we look around today, we can certainly say that darkness would seem to be prevailing. But it cannot prevail because when light is there, it gets rid of all darkness. It gets rid of all darkness. The only way darkness can prevail is if we don't turn on the light. Only way it's dark in a room is if you don't turn on the light. Only way it's dark in this world is if we don't turn on the light. Somebody need to flip the switch. We need to turn it. Somebody need to plug it in. Come on. We need to turn on the light. We have the power. We have the power. We have the power. For uh, Colossians, Paul spoke to the Colossians in chapter 1. He said, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. He's done that for us. We are his workmanship, he told the Ephesians, created in Christ for good works. You're created in Christ for good works. Can I tell you something in case you didn't get it the first time? You are anointed to preach to the poor. You are anointed. You might not be a great orator. You may not understand, uh, you know, you may not have gone to college, you know, like some other people. You may not be in a doctorate program like Pastor Dietrich or Brother uh, D over there. Come on now. And, you know, you may not, uh, you may, you may not be, uh, you know, uh, educated in all these things. But listen, the power of the Holy Spirit that's in you, if you allow him to work, you'll be able to say words to people that will absolutely rock their world. And you won't even realize it. It will rock their world and change them all the way around. Why? Because you're anointed. God has anointed you to preach to the poor. He's anointed you to heal the brokenhearted. He's anointed you to do that. And he gave you his name in order to do that. Come on. To get these people from darkness into the wonderful light. Come on. A divine appointment, uh, their transition. And, and they actually, they transition people spiritually from where they are to where God wants them to be. God has a place over here for them to be. And the, he, what he's using is the divine appointment, you meeting up with that person to get them from where they are now to where he wants them to be. He, he's going to do that, but he's going to do that through you. 
Remember Colossians 1.13, he's delivered us from the power of darkness, conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. We have to remember this. People are, who are, they're, they're confused and have no direction right now. People are confused and don't really have a direction. They think they have a direction. But listen, as I said, the Bible is just one more piece of information for many people. It's not an inerrant word of God. There's so much information. I mean, you know, we, we started out uh, back with, well, really, back before what we know today is social media. I was amazed when I was growing up that I turned on TV and they had a 24-hour news channel. News on. I said, who wants to watch news for 24 hours? because I was real young then. CNN, who wants to watch news for 24 hours all around the clock? Anytime you can get news, I don't have to wait for six o'clock or the morning news. I can just turn it on anytime and I get news and all these other news channels uh, came about, you know. And then uh, now, of course, we Facebook, Twitter, uh, you know, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Snapchat, whatever it is uh, that you want to say, uh, Pinterest, I mean, all of it. There's so many sources. It's not, you don't have to go to the library to get your information anymore. All you need to do is pick up your device and go to the one of, one of many sources of information uh, and just get your information. And so this, this, this generation and, and this era uh, that we're in uh, it looks at the Bible as just one more piece of information with all the other pieces of information. And so it's going to take us with divine appointments. It's going to take us who are anointed. Come on, that's one thing that Twitter and uh, Instagram and, and TikTok does not have. And that is the anointing of God. It's got information, but it doesn't have the anointing of God. It doesn't have the anointing of God. And, and so it's identity. Identity. No longer are people looking to God for their identity or for their, to their parents even for their identity. They're looking on Instagram for their identity. What is, what, you know, their, their favorite news feed is Kendall Jenner's, Kendall Jenner's Instagram feed. That, that, that's where I get all my news from, you know, this next generation. See, y'all don't know nothing about that. I know that's why I was quiet, see. Young people know about that. That's where they get their information. You better figure it out. That's where they're getting their information from. You know, there was, a, there was a, uh, an Instagram, uh, there was an Instagram, uh, an account that was, was, was posting, uh, you know, a, a lot of information and uh, talking about identity and, and transgender and uh, the economy and a lot of different things. And it, and it caught on and a lot of people started commenting and they started going, Going back and forth, and um, you know, this became really big. This this Instagram account got up to a million followers, and a lot of people were agreeing and, and going along with it. And they were they felt like they were being changed, and uh, you know, they were be, they were growing, and all of this because of the information and conversation they were having on this Instagram account. And uh, I was talking to a youth pastor, a young youth pastor, a guy 30 years old, this past week, and he was saying he did some research on it. He searched all the way back, and the and the Instagram account was owned by a 12-year-old middle schooler. Now, I'm not saying a 12-year-old middle schooler is not, a, not smart, but all the information that they're getting, and then, you know, he actually wrote to him and said, where are you getting all the information that you're putting on here that all these people are following? He said, well, I just Googled it. And so it's just a big circle. It's just that we don't even know, we don't even realize where we're getting our information that's shaping our lives, that's shaping this generation's lives. Where is this information coming from? We don't realize that there's an identity problem. We, we, we as a church, we need to wake up and we need to start living in a way that's an example, not in a way that pushes the next generation away. 
We can't do that. People who are bound in, in perverted cravings and selfish habits that are ruining their life. Listen, one of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest deterrents to a healthy life uh, today and probably has always been is self-centeredness. Self-centeredness, when you don't have an identity, when you say, listen, that might be your truth. That might be the way that you're doing things. You might go to church. Uh, you know, I might go to church this week. I might go to mosque ne next week. I might go to Universal Unitarian uh, gathering. I'm going to call it gathering. It's not a church, guys. Jesus. But, uh, you know, I might do that next week. Or I might, I might you know, I, 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 don't want, I don't want my options to be limited. You're limiting me when you tell me that Jesus is the only way. You can't limit me. You can't tell me what to do. You can't. That's the, that's the era we live in. You can't tell me what to do. You can't limit me, right? You, that might work for you, but I, I'm, I'm going to follow my truth. But I want to tell you something this morning. Jesus said, I am the truth. There's only one. Any truth that there is comes from him. And I know that sounds, you know, that sounds arrogant and self-serving, but listen, he's the guy. I think that I'm not, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it's my truth. I'm not, I, you know, listen, I would think that the one who created the universe and is allowing you and I to breathe right now would be able to say that I'm the only truth. I mean, he would be the only one I would think that would be able to say whatever he wants to say, right? I mean, Paul said in Corinthians, uh, who are we to know the mind of God that we could tell him what to do? You know, Job, he was talking to Job. Where were you, Job? Where were you? Where were you when I told the sea, stop? Where were you when I created the foundations of the world? Come on. We have to understand that God is sovereign. Self-centeredness is the real pandemic. We think we're dealing with a pandemic. This, this will come and go. It's like other pandemics have. The, the, the real pandemic is self-centeredness. I hope you get that in your heart. People who have miserable emotional baggage that torments them. This, this generation, and, and I love them for it, uh, it has a big emphasis on mental health. And I, I think that's a good thing. I, I, but you know what? A lot of mental health, a lot of it now, a lot of it is really done, uh, it's, it's really in, in the spirit. It really is. A lot of it is. And I'm not, I'm not being spooky. You know, you guys, hopefully most of you would know me. You would know that, listen, I'm probably a little more practical than I should be. <laughs> I mean, I'm a spiritual person, but I, but I really believe God has given us a lot of practical ways to live life. You know, I, I believe that, you know, as we go forward with the church, it, it's, it's not only, now let me finish before you throw something at me. It's not only about the sovereignty of God, it's about our obedience as well. It's good. We can't, in other words, here's what I'm saying. We can't just sit back and say, oh, God, do it. And we just sit there and watch him do it. No, he's saying, you do it. I have anointed you to heal the brokenhearted. That's the point I'm trying to get across to us. It's up to us to do it. Who's going to pray? We need to pray. Who's going to talk and listen? We need to talk and listen. It's up to us to do those things. And so, so you know I'm not spooky, but, I'm, but I am trying to tell you that a lot of mental health issues come from the spirit. We have to be able to recognize this. It comes from the spirit realm. It comes from the spirit realm. The enemy will try anything that he can. Mental health, is a lot of it is spiritual oppression on people. And how do we get rid of that? Listen, I, I said it the other week and uh, you guys came back. So I know you must either be my friend or you love me or something. Uh, but, I, but I said it the other week that we can't just rely on prayer only. We need to speak. Jesus spoke. 
He spoke. He spoke. We need to speak. We need to speak those things that be not as though they were. We need to speak the word of God when we come against uh, any illness, mental illness, whatever it may be. Not just pray and hope. Lord, please do it if it be your will. No, we need to speak. I, was, I just read this morning about Jesus and the fig tree. Many of you know that story. He's, he, didn't, he didn't pray to God, Father, please uh, make this fig tree, uh, you know, not uh, produce any figs anymore. No, he spoke to it. He said, you are cursed and you will not produce any more figs. I, I'm, I speak to cancer right now. Cancer, you are cursed. You are cursed and you will not produce what you want to produce. I speak to COVID-19 right now. You are cursed. You are cursed in this congregation, COVID-19, and you, and you will not prevail against us. You are cursed in the name of Jesus. We need to speak against these things, church. Come on, let's rise up and be the church that God called us to be. Divine appointments are occasions in which God chooses to do his works uh, through us as we, watch this now, obey the Holy Spirit. We have to listen to him. Don't just make up stuff. See, you know, I get you all fired up and I'm all fired up and we're going to go out. I'm just going to start talking to people. Listen, hey, you over there, you're going to hell. You need to change. Well, hold on a second now. Wait a minute now. Don't, don't, don't put it on your shoulders. <laughs> right? Have a little prayer time first. And then, and then God will show you. The Holy Spirit will show you where to go and who to talk to. He'll show you all of those things. And so the Holy Spirit prompts us to do those things. And, but then we have to step out on faith. We're stepping out on his word. Step out on faith. Listen to this. Acts 10, 19, and 20 says, While well, Peter thought about the vision that he had just seen, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them. He heard from God because he was spending time with God, but he still had to get up and do it. Some of us hear from God and we don't get up and do it. God is saying, get up and do it. I want to tell you this morning that divine appointments are coming your way, church, whether you're ready for it or not. There are divine appointments coming your way. Romans 8, 14 says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Are you led by the Spirit of God? Yes, you are. I'm just speaking that to you. You're led by the Spirit of God. You're going to be led by God's Spirit. Amen. And divine appointments are coming your way. They're coming your way today. They're coming your way every day. There's, there's going to be some, some point in that day. And some of them, you may not even know it. That's why it, you, you can't wait until somebody's watching you to speak the right thing. You can't wait until somebody's watching you to start uh, speaking scripture. You can't wait until somebody, that just has to be who you are. The just, it doesn't say the just will uh, use their faith when people are looking at them. It says the just shall live by faith. That means walk, move, have our being. <laughs> By faith. Faith encompasses us. We can't please God without it. We must live that way. We must ask these questions. Does the Holy Spirit have my ear? Come on, just a few questions here. Does the Holy Spirit have your ear in situations when you're with people from other religions or backgrounds? Oh, it put a little different spin on it, didn't it? Does the Holy Spirit have your ear then? Or are you like, oh my God, you, you know, you're, I, I don't want to talk to you. Does he have your ear? Come on. Am I ready to stop and interact with people or am I too busy? Come on, I, I get it. Am I, am I too busy? I got too many things to do. Or, or when God interrupts my very busy and important day, am I willing to stop and share with people? Am I focused on breaking down stereotypes and building bridges instead? Let's not break down bridges. Let's break down stereotypes 
and build bridges. And when I say build bridges, listen, I'm not just talking about the people who are receptive. You know, when, we, when you think of uh, we're ready to build a bridge, in your mind, you may be thinking, I'm standing on this side. There's another person standing on that side. And they're like, hey, how you doing? Let's get together. And you, it's easy to build a bridge. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about those people who say, stop talking to me. Don't come around me. Y'all don't tell me about your God. I don't want to know about your God. I'm talking about building a bridge to those people. Oh, a little different now, isn't it? Huh? That's what I'm talking about. God, the Holy Spirit will show you. How am I supposed to do that? I don't know. Holy Spirit will show you. You got the same Holy Spirit I have. God will make way. He will make a way, somebody. Come on. Uh, do, do, am I actively seeking ways to be stretched, such as sitting with someone from another generation or a different background or someone I don't know? Am I a person who's lived a lot of life and now I look at this social media Gen Z generation and, and think, boy, you know, what is the world coming to? This whole thing is messed up. And, you know, who are they voting for and what are they doing and, and uh, their identity and all this? And, uh, you know, the, the world just, you know, it's, it's going to pot. Do we think that? Are you a young person who looks and says, these old people don't know what they're talking about, even though they've been around forever. You, you're only here because of them, but they don't know what they're talking about. They're stuck in their ways. They're so traditional. They're so old. They don't understand social media. They can't even get their computer to work right. You know, they keep calling me, telling me uh, my computer's not working. Can you help me with my computer? They don't know how to get to their phone and do this and do that. Is that the way you look at them? Or are we willing to sit down with each other and say that we have value? That, 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 that people who have been around for a while have some information, have some wisdom that, that you as a young person would look at and say, that seems silly to me. Why don't you just do it this way? But they've tried it that way. Sometimes they're telling you some things out of their failure. They failed things four, five, six, seven, eight times. And they're trying to tell you it don't work, to use my best English. Are we willing to do that, young people? Older people, are we willing to understand that, listen, you, you had your time. Everything didn't go well, but there's some fresh new young bloods coming up. There's some world changers coming up. And yeah, you might think some of their ideas are crazy, but let's not forget, you had some crazy ideas. And some of those crazy ideas shaped the way the world is right now. Some of those crazy ideas got us to where we are right now in a positive light. Are you willing to say these young bloods, these, these, these world changers, some of the ideas are crazy, but they got the energy, they got the strength, they got the might. And guess what? They know a little something and they're willing to listen. If I would speak, if I would validate their concerns, are we willing to build those bridges? Come on now. Come on. How do we prepare for divine appointments? And I'll leave you alone this morning. How do we prepare for these divine appointments? First of all, pray for divine appointments in your life every day. Pray for a divine appointment. Pray for a divine appointment. Next, expect divine appointments and then exercise your faith. Pray for it. Expect it. Do it. Exercise your faith. Next, look for divine appointments with Holy Spirit eyes. <laughs> Come on, not with your eyes. See, our eyes will look at somebody and say, yeah, that person, you know, they're living on the street. They probably, you know, they're probably gonna react this way. Uh, you know, we, we have things that, that in our mind that are already made up sometimes about people. Normal, it, that's normal. That's not I'm, not, I'm not downing you because of that. That's just human nature. But we need to look with Holy Spirit eyes, okay? That God died. For every single person, no matter what they look like, where they are from, come on, God died. Jesus died for them on the cross. Look for divine appointments with Holy Spirit eyes. And then recognize divine appointments with Holy Spirit discernment. 
Holy Spirit discernment, not our own discernment, not our own experience. Our experience is good. Experience is a good teacher. I will not uh, go uh, lie about that. It, you know, experience is a good teacher. But if we only rely on our experience, we will falter. We will fall because it's flawed. It's flawed in some ways. There are some good things about it. Absolutely. We, we know God has given us some wisdom, but we always have to be filled and filled and filled with the Holy Spirit that we can have Holy Spirit discernment. And then finally, capture divine appointments by seizing the moment. That's just going circling back to step out on faith. Seize the moment. What's the worst thing that can happen? They'll, they'll, they'll uh, reject you. You've never been rejected before. They'll, they'll tell you no. You never, uh, you know, you never been told no. I'm sure you've said no before. You know, you get that telemarketing call. I, I, I'm not going to stop. I'll say it. I, I wish so. I know. She's like, oh, Lord, here you go. I wish so much that I was so much more like my wife. I, I will listen to people, that, you know, knowing I'm not going to do this thing. But listen, I, you got to say what you got to say. So go ahead and get your spiel. And then at the end, no, no, thank you. No, thank you. See, I, I wish, I wish I was so much more like my wife. If she knows. She's just like, listen, I'm just going to save you the trouble of all the words you're about to say and all the breath that you're going to waste. No, thank you. Bye. That's it. You know, I mean, it's not mean. It's just, listen, I'm just helping us both out. That's all I'm doing. I'm just helping us both out. <laughs> and so we need to seize the moment of these divine appointments. Seize the moment right here, right now. Don't shrink back. Don't be afraid of it. We have to be open, church, to to to. We have to be open to creative ways of getting the gospel to people. I'm not talking about compromise. Don't, so before you get on your high horse about that, I'm not talking about, oh, you just want to do anything. You just want lights in your service and you just want to do anything to please the young people. I'm not just saying do anything to please people, but I'm saying we have to be open to creative ways. Can I just let you know, we're not doing church today the way that they did church back in Acts. Why are we so holy? Why we think our services are so holy? Uh, this is not the way that your church was done. Methods change. You know, we have to get over it. We have to, we have to be able to package the gospel, the truth, the truth, the truth up, right? And present it to people however we can. I'll leave you with this. Remember when you had a little baby, some of you who were older, some of you I better not be talking to, but uh, remember when you had a little baby and uh, <laughs> you had a little baby and uh, especially if you're a mother and you had to get, you know, maybe some medicine to your baby. The baby don't want that medicine. I, the baby don't want, you know, don't know exactly. What, baby don't want that medicine. What, what did you do? You wanted to give him a vitamin. And so you're feeding them some fruit and some peas. You and your sister Carol know what I'm talking about. You break that little thing up. You put it in there. And then you, you're not finished because now you got to do this whole thing. Zoom, here comes the airplane. Here it comes. Oh, oh. They came in and they just left. Oh, it's so great. Not knowing they just took the vitamins. <laughs> we got to be willing. We have to be willing. We have to be willing. Not compromise the truth, but we have to be willing to meet people where they are to present the gospel to them. Okay? It's just because they're not going to receive it the same way you received it. That's why, that's why a lot of young people think that the church just feels like they're better than everybody else. Because we come across that way sometimes. We have to be willing to validate their concerns. And I'm talking about the world, not just young people. And we have to be willing to present the gospel in a way that they will receive it. As long as it's the truth. I'm, again, I emphasize, we're not compromising the truth. Jesus is the only, we're not going to say something different. That Jesus is not the only way, just so I can know. Jesus is the only way. 
But Jesus knew how to talk to people. Jesus, why is he, why is he with the sinners? Why do they want to be with him so much? Jesus was pretty stern. Why do they want to be with him? Because he knew how to package compassion and love with standards. With standards. He knew how to do that. And we could know how to do that as well as long as we follow the Holy Spirit. Amen.